Are we recording? We're recording now. This Man, is this is going to be a mess. This, this is, is a full blown happy hour with Pancom Podcast, starring Nick and company. Deandra just ate so much fried chicken. Is she, what she has to say <laughs> the fried chicken was good. Huh? Is that what came with the champagne? Welcome to Pancom Podcast. We're talking buckets and bubbles with Chef Michael Beltran, sure. renowned South Florida. Blue Ribbon Chili Cook-Off winner. I did win the Blue Ribbon Chili Cook-Off. So I think the Buckets and Bubbles thing is an interesting uh, subject because it does speak to sort of like a running theme that we've been on uh, on this podcast about how restaurants are adapting. Uh, That is a thing that I would never have thought I was going to see, a Buckets and Bubbles deal. Tell people about Buckets and Bubbles and not just what it is, but what I'm really interested in and that you know, I hope other people maybe would benefit from is like how that fits into the brand, right? Because you've talked about shifting to a comfort brand. So it's not really even about that. It's about continuing to stay relevant, right? right? The biggest, and like I said a month ago, is that people will eventually start to tire of eating the regular food that you serve and they want something different. So... You know, we have, like, Wise Guy Sunday, which is pretty exciting. And then we have Buckets and Bubbles today. And it's really just to keep people, you know, we continue to try to curate that experience, but try to do it at home. Um, And that was just one of those ways to do that. You know, like, Chugs had the opportunity to turn itself into a grocery, Mm -hmm. which worked out well. What are you doing? Stop that. I'm just worried that like that, uh, that it's it's different dimensions for different people. There you go. Right. I'm gonna keep making that face. Right? Right here. Yeah. Um You know, Chugs had the opportunity to turn into a grocery store. Ariat Nave don't really have that opportunity. It's not that kind of brand. Right. It's not like that everyday kind of quick stop place. So um this is kind of our way. You know, we've done like Asian night. We're doing Wise Guys Sunday, Buckets and Bubbles today. We'll probably do it again next week. And it's continuing to grow. I'll tell you that one of the most frustrating things I've seen is some people need to realize the climate in which we're living in, and they need to adapt. And I wish I could help them adapt. But, like, I will say locally, in just in Coconut Grove, um, mm-hmm. there was a place I wanted to order food from and they made it very difficult for me to order food from there and that was frustrating because i wanted to support them you know everything right now is digital uh everything right now is through social media and the internet and your website and whatever and sadly the people that are benefiting the most are the people that carry those platforms from before i.e uber and so many others um, that are taking merchant fees and 30% off the top and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, um, but if you only work through a certain dynamic, which is like you can only call to find out what the menu is, then no one's really going to know. And that's why we've done things like buckets and bubbles. That's yeah. where I'm at. So, uh, you know, I'm not asking for you to like, I don't know, call people out, but just talk broadly about what you were just saying that your general like frustration of people not necessarily adapting. Uh, what do you mean? You mentioned that you wish people would realize the situation and adapt. Flesh, right. that, flesh that out a little bit. Like, 
okay, we post a menu every day, right? Because mm-hmm. we change our menu every day, to whatever we have available. Uh, then we update it online. And then we've also, like on property between Ariette and Nave, we don't use third-party delivery because they take 35% off the top, so we would never do that. I don't need that partner. Um, and... You know, we update our online ordering. We also do our own delivery. So we use our own delivery drivers. Um, And all it takes is like a little bit of sitting down, reassessing your business and understanding, you know, communicating with the people you pay money to, i.e. insurance companies, etc. Your whoever hosts your website or whatever it may be. to better suit your business. You're paying them anyways. Yeah. So how do you make them work for you? You know, like that's, that's the biggest thing. You pay these people fucking money, like ask them to work harder. It's just part of the game. So let's, let's talk a bit about where we are in the world. Um, so the small business loan program has... Thomas Keller is honored to stand alongside Donald Trump. I never thought I would be able to utter those words, but go on. I was going to say the, the program has has basically run out of money. And so we are now at the point that you were referencing the last time we recorded, which was, you know, the uh, people saying there should be more. And your sort of uh, not even necessarily rhetorical question, but your perspective being like, where does that end? I don't know. Like, because the truth is, when does whatever we're doing end? You know, there's so many, um, there's people with lots of like ideas like this, Industry needs to be bailed out. That industry needs to be bailed out. Essentially, every industry wants to be bailed out, right? Do I obviously feel like the restaurant industry holds a lot of um, chips in this game? I do. I think we control a lot of the United States uh, economy, you know, as in jobs and just money flow. Um, And do I, I think that we should have some kind of special consideration? I do think so. I'm not a politician, so I wouldn't be able to tell them how to do that. And honestly, what are the, what are they going to do now? They're probably going to fuck it up regardless. Right. I think, I mean, whenever politics gets involved, they tend to fuck it up some which way because it doesn't, what works for me may not work for you. What works for you may not work for me. So someone's going to disagree with something along the way. So it's like we're in this like strange space of like, yeah, we need help. We just don't really know what that helps look that that help looks like right 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 so uh you actually haven't heard i assume you you didn't see the instagram live we did with uh a guest from our next podcast i did not so it's already recorded but the podcast that is released after this podcast will include a conversation with uh my friend diane garza uh she is a leadership coach based in mexico uh but she's from here originally she's from miami uh, she's actually in Miami now doing her sheltering in place with family here. And one of the things that we talked about was the leadership challenges of all the pivoting that has to happen right now. Um, so obviously that's a very big topic uh, and we can go down other uh, avenues here. But one of the things that she talked about was, and I, I might be butchering the steps that she says she suggests people go through, but there was a a look inward portion, right? Right. So uh, if I remember correctly, apologies to Diane if I'm messing this up a little bit. 
one of the first steps is to look inward at what you or your company do and like where is it that you typically bring value? What is it that you do really well, right? The idea being that when you pivot, you want to pivot on that and not lose that about yourself uh-huh. or your company. Uh, so talk a bit about – was that part of your thought process? Obviously, there's a, just a plain survival aspect to it. But there's also like, hey, if we're going to survive, we've got to capitalize on what we do well. What is it that you would say defines the company that you've sort of retained? Um, I think uh, somebody told me this earlier today. It was like, well, you know, you guys have been like very creative um, in this time. And I will say that I personally haven't been... uh, Super creative. I'm sorry. I'm trying to go no, live right. too, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to do. I'm there's trying a lot to get... of technology happening here. <laughs> Way too much technology for me. The, the technical difficulties portion of the show. Here. I'm sorry. We've totally gone off the rails here, and that's totally out of control. On totally my fault. Sorry, guys. This is the most time we've ever wasted <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> it's what happens when you add cocktails. This is why it's Pancom Podcast Happy Hour. Okay, let, let's transition back let's to. Go back. Let's we start, were talking let's start about. Again. You were mentioning that people have mentioned that you've been creative. My question was, through all of this pivoting, did you do that looking inwardly? Like, what are we good at and what can we sort of, like, capitalize on? Oh, I mean, we have very talented people. Just let them be who they are. That was really the idea. You know, we... What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, you have a bunch of great chefs. They want to do a fried chicken night. Let them do a fried chicken night. They want to do... um, Wise Guy Sunday, let's do Wise Guy Sunday. I mean, right now is the time to let people be as creative as they want to be because, I mean, using what you have. Um, because, I mean, what else do we have other than our creativity? Right. And, like, uh, we, we don't have much. So we're in a place that uh, if people want to eat this kind of food and they want to eat it at a high level and, you know, it's going to come in a box, but that's where we're at. Right. Does it make sense? Yeah. So the – and I, I don't remember whether this was, like, actually the next in her suggestion of steps, but was looking outwardly. So when you looked out into the world, like, Ugh. what can we learn from everybody? And it's a weird time, right, because everybody else is also going through this weird, tumultuous shit. Right. Uh, but did you look outwardly and see anybody that was like, you know what? We're going to learn this lesson from this person or be more I, like that. I kind of uh, looked outwardly and said there was a couple of things I wanted to make sure we didn't do. Okay, sure. You know, like, um, I feel like it's very important to give back to the community, but I don't find it very, ne- like, I don't find it a huge necessity to talk about it. Okay. I feel like a lot of people want to put themselves first when really it's the community first. So... You know, we started a lot of internal initiatives within the company and for the community that we don't talk about because I just find it almost hollow if you're looking for a pat on the back for some of these things. Does it make sense? Yeah, and we, we've talked about that briefly before, um, just for the sake of giving you something to sort of play off of here. What would you say to the idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be about making yourself the story, right? It could also just be about giving somebody else a lead to follow. Yeah. Um, and, by, and by that you mean things like, you know, letting everybody know that you 
prepared meals for first responders or yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. We, we, we do donate a lot of those meals on a weekly basis, and we don't really talk about it. Stuff like that. I just I find that um, our job is to feed people. You know, and yes, before this, we were a higher upscale fine dining brand, and now we may not be, but we do feed a lot of people and um, of the, you know, of people that really need it right now. We don't really talk about it because it's just kind of like it's our job. It's who we are and what we're supposed to do, you know, like give back to our employees that are right now like unemployed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's our job. It's. Kind of like, I want them to be okay right now, and I wish I could provide a job for them, but I can't. So, um, you know, that in, in general, I think that's, I looked outwardly, and I didn't, uh, I didn't really see a lot of things that I was like, you know, I want to emulate that. Okay. I did look outwardly and say, you know, right now we're in a better position than a lot of people, so let's do as much as we can for one for the company and two for the community around us sure makes sense yeah we by the way have been joined on instagram live by book of red who is also a guest on an upcoming episode of the podcast wow uh and he's uh he's in operations at a tire distributor uh, oh. which is also connected to joaquin who famously told ah. people to dominate yeah uh so we talked a bit about the tire business uh, which may seem like it's totally disconnected, but it is sort of like a cost that's built into the food supply chain. Every, uh, uh, it's not disconnected. Every business is connected right now and like super affected. It's the circle of life. I think, um, I think everybody right now is in a place that they're like, their job is the most important or the one that's most affected. And really we're all affected right now. We're all in a place that we're all struggling and we're all hurting so it's like, who's to say that your job is more important than mine? Every job is important. And every job on the other end of this is important, too. So it's like, I hope that people are planning for day one post-COVID-19. Right. Uh, so you mentioned very briefly, and I figured we might as well go back to it, this Thomas sure. Keller stuff. Oh, yeah. So Thomas, get people why? caught up, because you're a little more like... I'm not a little more. I just know. I just know that, you know... Uh, the big, the big heads, the biggest heads in the restaurant business, you know, the Jean Georges, which was on Pancom podcast, you know, Thomas Keller, Tom Calicchio, Jean George, these people, they started a coalition for restaurants too. And then they were in that conversation with Trump and all the other big restaurant groups, which is like McDonald's and Burger King and such. Um, and he tweeted that he was honored to stand alongside the president and other people to help come to a resolution of what's best for the restaurant industry. And he got annihilated Yep, on social media and annihilated because people were just appalled that he would use basically that he would use honored and in anything relating to Trump. No, I don't think so. No. I, I, I don't think that they came... Uh, I, I don't think that what they're doing benefits us smaller restaurants. Okay. What they're doing does benefit the bigger restaurant groups, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, his his use of verbiage to stand alongside 
someone like that was probably not the best. But, you know, I mean, let me offer a little bit of devil's advocate oh, here, though. Oh, God. Here we go. Nick is about to editorialize. Uh, just a little bit. A little bit. So, so you're saying that it wasn't because of who he was saying he was honored to be alongside. Sure. You were not a restaurant owner. During that 2009-ish correct uh, recession. That's correct. But that did hit restaurants. It did. How much do you feel like you were represented in White House conversations, like small-time rest- small restaurant businesses at that time? And if somebody had come out and said, I'm on- if, if Thomas Keller had been pulled into a White House meeting with Barack Obama and said, I'm honored to be a part of this conversation... Uh, would people have reacted the same way? Uh, oh, I like this devil's advocate. That's good. Well, I mean, you're talking as far about... as I know, Barack Obama wasn't pulling in anything like uh, an area of hospitality group. No, I mean, I I would agree with that. I think that you're you're looking at you're using two figures, one that people hate, and the other one that some people very much like in this industry, at least, just in politics. Right, but it, but I think it's it's similar in the sense that. I mean, they both won elections, so it's not like one of them is so much more hated and so much more loved. <laughs> like, this is a 50-50 split here. It's just that in your circles, Barack Obama happens to be more popular. But if you were in a different no, industry, no, no. you'd be having a different no, conversation. No, 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 no. I mean, one, it doesn't matter what, what circle you're in. No, one is much more likable than the, the other. The, no, but no, not no, but no. popular. It, popular and likable are No, 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 no. It's one is much more popular. One, one is much more likable than get, the other. You, you need to get out more. No, that's... <laughs> That's not true at all. I don't, One, I don't like either it, of them. But uh, that, I'll tell you that in the cigar world... I am world, not shocked by in, that point. No, <laughs> like, in, zero in the, shock. In the cigar world, uh-huh. I'll tell you, you walk around a cigar trade show floor, and everybody down to the actual like Nicaraguans living in Nicaragua who make cigars uh-huh. were more, more Trumpy than they were Clinton-y. What? Ab- absolutely. I'm not shocked at all. So I'm just saying, it depends on the industry you're in and the circles you run with. In the restaurant business... It tends to be a more left-leaning crowd. Uh, I don't think so. No? No. Okay. I mean, I think that, um, you know, usually in, in restaurant circles, politics and religion aren't something that people talk about. So wh- which way they lean, I couldn't tell you which way they lean. Oh, but... We're talking about okay. likable figures. But I, I think that people talk about it when somebody steps out of line. And we did a, our whole our first episode was about this. Oh, well, talking. Oh, going back to I'm, that. I'm saying like uh, w- without rehashing the whole thing. I'm just saying like, yes, of course, because when you're a business owner, your life is consumed by that business. But people get pretty vocal when people step out of line and and align themselves with the wrong What's stuff. That? What's that? Uh, so we have okay. Well, we'll go through some comments here. DeAndre's saying, "LOL at DJ new podcast title." Nick hates everyone. <laughs> That sounds about That's right. Fair. That, That's it's, fair. It's, it's not so much Nick hates everyone as it is Nick believes in nothing. Um, or Nick believes in anarchy. Nick is an anarchist. That's what it is. I'm not shocked uh, by that. And Book of Red always bringing the pop- the, the popular. Um, this is too many Rosa Blancas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> major props to. He's, he, I was going to say positivity. I was going to say. Popularity came out. I meant positivity. Book of Red says Oof. Major props to both of you for having the conversation and keeping us excited to go back. And enjoy some amazing food. That is so disconnected from any of the conversation we've had. Well, <laughs> listen, 
I'm excited to get back to work. Yeah. I I, I am absolutely I so, can't wait so, to So okay, it. so tell me okay, because you know what we haven't done enough of around here? Oh. How are you doing? <laughs> And I say I say this because and it's it, today wasn't the first time it's come up. I think everybody you know who follows the podcast knows, you know, you like cooking is not just a business for you, right? And sure, you're missing some things just in your life. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, you know, cooking is uh, therapeutic for me. Yeah. You know, it's where I work out my thoughts and my anger and my happiness and so many other things. So it's like, um. Where am I at right now? Every day is up and down. And I think any true food person would say the same thing. You know, right now uh, we are in a place that we're just trying. It's crisis mode every day. And, yeah, there's, like, sprinkling of, like, food. Uh, I posted four things this week food-wise. And those are, like, the four things I've really cooked in the last month. And it felt good to cook them. But um, at the end of the day, I have a company of 100-plus people that I need to make sure they have a place to come back to. So uh, is that heavy to deal with? Sure. Um, When you decide to do this job, then you decide to take that on through any of these situations, right? What are you laughing at? What's happening? This is actually uh, uh, an interesting question from DJ Noah. Oh, shoot. Which, by the way, I'm using your Instagram handle here because I don't know how, like, you know, public. Just go on. Serious question for Mike. Has your alcohol intake increased? Absolutely. But there is also a separate reason for that. Because you also were, you've more, I, I went recently. I went sober for two years. Yeah. And then I, I, um. As soon as Nave opened, I decided that I was okay to have a drink again. Are you comfortable talking about why that is? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I went through a huge weight loss journey uh, in which I lost 150 pounds. Um, And that was part of that. And also, I know that my tipping point for me personally and mentally is when I start to drink too much. I start to teeter towards probably the... Not so great things. So, yeah, has my alcohol intake uh, increased? It has, for sure. But only here in your backyard, apparently. Right. And also, you know what? When watching the X-Files and Can You Venus. (laughs) Can you? Can you Venus? Can you Venus? Can you Venus? Apologies to Sancera Chef, who's with us. Uh, Jen, who is, I think, watching on Instagram Live still. Um, Sorry. This is part of why I am at all involved in this podcast. Uh, so regular listeners know that one of our sponsors is <laughs> – Book of Red says Nick's body is his temple. <laughs> Incorrect. Um, it's not. No, it's not. I don't believe in temples. I'm an anarchist. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, no, our one of our sponsors in our last episode is Santos Sangria, and they also sent us a six – bottle case of canavinus canavinus <laughs> which mike either is incapable of or refuses to pronounce correctly uh, uh so he he's convinced that the product is called canavinus uh <laughs> which i love uh so oh man i don't even know this what is in this what are we drinking right now this yeah 
It's a it's a white rum Negroni. Uh, it's called a Rosa Blanca. Rosa Blanca by Bobby Gilardi. Do you have to say it that way? <laughs> I just find it more impactful yeah. to say it that way. Do you, do, can, okay, so okay, pop quiz for you. Sure. So Rosa Blanca is a reference to a particular poem. Yes. Do you know the poem by heart? No. Do you? I do. Recite it. You ready for this? Yes, I am. This is. I wasn't fishing for this. I was really <laughs> so doing, good. So good. It's cool. this. This is what happens. I, this is Panko Podcast Happy Hour brings to you Rosa Blanca by Nick Jimenez. Go on. The irony of this is that if I forget cultivo una Rosa Blanca, I'm going to blame it on this Rosa Blanca. Just go on. Stop. Cultivo go. una Rosa Blanca en julio como en enero para el amigo sincero que me da su mano franca. Wow. Y para el cruel que me arranca el corazón con que vivo, cardo ni oruga cultivo, cultivo la rosa blanca. <laughs> so good. This is one of the best this known is... poems by Jose Martí. Oh, God. At the Cuban-American oh, uh, whatever. To that. There cheers you go. To a man that actually had uh, morals and standards and stood by them. None of those things. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh Fun fact, uh, you do you? Oh, am I please. making this up? Is there a pit bull name? Is there a pit bull themed cocktail? Yes, right. Is there, a- <laughs> there is. It's a uh, well. Voli three hundred five is quite the sponsor of our whole hospitality okay. group. So, so pit bull credits. Did you hear his, his last song? It's awful. It's awful. I'll say it's it. So it's bad. horrible. Pit bull needs to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> pit bull needs to stop for like a minute. Uh, but no, Pitbull says that like the reason he got into rap, I don't know if you've ever heard No, this, no. Is his father was like really into having him. It's kind of a weird story. I don't know how much of this is true. But he claims that his father would take him with him to bars. And then like his party trick was to have his son, a young Pitbull, stand on the bar and recite Jose Mati poetry. So he would be like presumably like in the early 90s. He's far removed from that. What do you mean? Pitbull. Oh, yeah. No. Far no, removed. None of that. No. The Pitbull. Far removed. Pitbull, if you're listening, listen, I, I like a lot of the things about you. Listen, you know what I like about Pitbull? <laughs> Let's just, what I like about Pitbull is that he is a uh, Cuban guy and he's doing his thing and he's making and he's money. Doing and, his he's, thing. and he's just, you know, like, but I can't, after that first mixtape, Back in the day, like, I don't know if I could stand behind much of the albums. No, I, I can't stand behind. <laughs> hey. I can't stand behind almost anything that happened after money is a major issue. Oh, man. Wow. I can't. I tell you, find and, it fascinating. Listen, you can remember names. And well, because it's an acronym for Miami. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that was the name of the first album. It was, that's that. the first studio album was Miami. Money is a major issue, which is a ludicrous name for the album because whatever. But OK. Favorite Pitbull song? Mine? Yeah. Presumably off that first album. Couldn't tell you. I'll tell you. Go on. Uh, Be Quiet, which not too many Perfect. people remember. But Be Quiet is a great, like, if you're into just, like, straight rapping, Yeah. that is, like, one of the few Pitbull rapping his ass off songs. Talking about rapping, yeah. so I was having a back and forth with Omar Kelly. I like how this is about nothing. Nothing, right zero. Omar Kelly. Uh, which has been dodging this podcast for months, I would like to say. Uh, we had a back and forth about I'm Tom- sorry. Hold on. I know that you're the host of the show and your name's under the sandwich and the whole thing, but Salceda Chef is coming in here saying he's a businessman, not a musician. 
In yes, Go that on. is true, but it doesn't have to be true. Speak your truth, Nick. Go <laughs> ahead. There's so many musicians who make it big and don't have to just dumb it down. Name like, one. Name one. Yeah. I mean, no. If, I mean, in, I'm not in, asking. In, I, I'm no, not. In, I'm just in know. rap. In rap alone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just contemporary, Chance the Rapper, J. Cole. Like, yeah. these are all big names. Oh, I'm with you. I maybe, Listen, maybe, those are people I like, so I'm with you. And they're big. Maybe I'm they're, waiting for you to maybe, drop a shitty name. No, but I'm saying, like, they, they, they didn't have to make the decision Pitbull did of, like, I'm just going to say repetitive, borderline hype man shit and call it a song. And, and he's never been a musician. He's always been a, a rapper. And he's what, ne- what, he's artic- been what, rapper. what equates a musician to you? Someone who no, can play I, instruments. Not even play instruments. I, I don't think that Pitbull is somebody who has, like, a sense for just musicality and who can identify, like, this is this is my vision musically. Musicality? You, is that actually a word? Yeah, it is a thing. In fact, it's also the name. I'm going to look it up. It's, it's also... Uh, no, sorry. I'm thinking of a, of a Prince song called uh, <laughs> Musicology. <laughs> Musicology. I'm gonna cut that in here and maybe be like breaking some. No, blocks. we should keep that. That whatever you just saying. No, no, no. I'm gonna cut in the song after I made that reference. Because we got a PhD in advanced party moving. Just like I told you. Kick the old school joint for the true folk soldiers. Musicology. But no, like Pitbull, like he—he's—he's as—he's not much of a musician. Musicality is actually a word. Musicality is sensitive to knowledge of or talent for music. Exactly. And he's not somebody who I have ever gotten the sense like, hears a song and thinks like, oh, this is what I'm going for. Maybe somebody else has to actually... But no, he's he's a guy who had an experience that he, in that first album, did a good job of communicating to people. Right. And now it's more like... That first album was like 20 years ago. I so know. long ago. I know. I mean, he's totally lost depth of like the entire city at that point. You you, you really don't remember "Be Quiet"? No, I I don't remember "Be Quiet." But what I'm what I'm saying is, I don't remember how we even got on this topic. But what I'm saying is, Omar Kelly and I had a back and forth about top ten rappers of all time. Oh, you're wrong about Nipsey Hussle, by the way. No, Nipsey Hussle is de- he's pro he's like if he's not. Top ten, he's like eleven or twelve. <laughs> no, absolutely. His last two albums were absolutely fucking amazing. They that, were amazing. You know, this reminds me of what past guest uh, Brett Sawyer had to say. They might be your favorites, but they're not the best. Listen, uh, I do love Brett. I mean, that's my buddy. But what I what I'm saying is, uh, I, I looked at some other people's top tens because I wanted to understand where they were going. Right, mm-hmm. Lil Wayne. Should never be in a top ten for rappers of all time. I'm very sorry. I agree, but I no, it, it I never. And, and then the other question is: Are you doing duos and groups in your top ten? But I will say, Lil Wayne has done so many things that it's. Like, I I agree. He's done a lot. He's done a lot. If you but did, it, if you but his but when okay. So if you were to say he has more good stuff, but he just dilutes it with so much garbage. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So if you were to say Lil Wayne versus J Cole. Oh, as a no, no, Jake. As a rapper yeah, of yeah, all yeah. time. No, sorry, rapper. I was thinking Nipsey Hussle. Er, er, listen, okay, Nipsey Hussle versus Lil Wayne. It's not even close. It's you're not even talking about like in the same stratosphere. No, of I hip-hop. think I, th- I think it depends on whether 
you are accounting for just the way they produce. Like, no, forget the, about the production. No, no, I mean, no, you're talking pro- about no, Lil sorry, Wayne's no, listen, fifty-five albums. But that's what I mean. Is like, I think Lil Wayne is too prolific for his own good. He does too much. But because he does so much, he has more good stuff than most of these people who do less. I want to. I want to go back to the fact that. Lil Wayne should definitely not be in the top ten. No, I agree. And I that. also went to Billboard's top ten rappers of all time, and they had Lauryn Hill in there. Yeah, but Billboard also their methodology tends to be related to sales. Shock and, like, and appearance. No, because because that's their thing, right? So Billboard always goes by who's made the most appearances on the Billboard top ten and the Hot One Hundred or whatever their thing is. Uh, I'm forgetting one of the best rappers of all time. Okay, so who's your who's your, and by the way, here let, let's let's solicit from our few people who are on here. This is the worst podcast. Chef I think we've Amir ever. says UGK and Outcast are on his top ten. No, no, no. Listen, but not UGK, but Outcast is definitely on the top ten because I was thinking, and this is part of the back and forth that Omar and I had what about groups. Is it groups? Can you, like you cannot say that Andre by himself is one of the top ten. He is an amazing rapper, right? No. He is. He's an amazing musician. Sure. Not okay, a great rapper. Nick, now you're looking at semantics. I'm t- we're talking that about matters, top ten. No, matters. no, stop that. Stop being Nick right now. Just say Outkast is one of the best hip-hop groups of all time. Yes. Eric B. and Rakim. Sure. Is Eric B. Eric B. without Rakim? Is Rakim Rakim without Eric B.? I okay. don't think so. So here's the difference okay. for me. Is that those are those two pairs work for different reasons. Okay. In Outcast, Andre 3000 is the musician. He's the more music-heavy person. He's the guy who brings like that funky... He's the guy who brings like the vibe. And Big Boy is the guy who brings the lyricism. He's the rapper. Eric B. and Rakim, I think they kind of carried the weight sort of evenly. Does that make sense? Yes, but Eric, uh, but Rakim's like 18th letter is one of the most legendary hip-hop albums of all time. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. No, but so I, people would say that. We're comparing duos, though. No, uh, yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's also, it's, it's tough because when you're talking about, t- okay, so is it, is it Lauryn Hill or is it the Fugees that are some of the best, you know what I'm saying? If they're some of the best what? Rappers? Rappers of all time? None of those people belong in there. I don't think they do either. But Billboard put Lauryn Hill at five, which I don't agree with. By the way, I think I think this ridiculousness is what's needed at this time. <laughs> now more than ever. Yeah, I mean, I would cheers to you. Look at that. Oh, wow. Look at that. It's like you're here. Yeah, I know. That was for uh, Deandra and... And Jen, the Salcera Chef. Tupac out Tupac. What, what am I? Uh, I Sixty-year-old lady. I don't know. <laughs> Tupac Outcast, Biggie, Wu. Oh, well, but now you're mixing up. No, groups. but Wu Tang. Wu Tang is a thing, right? Because it's there's like fifteen cats in there, right? Yeah, and then like I, I don't put again. I love ODB. I yeah, don't well, put them on my list of the top rappers. Yeah, but I put Wu Tang on the list of top rappers. Top rap groups, but. Because oh, cause Old Dirty Bastard thing, brings though, a vibe. Old Dirty Bastard. break them down. Because then old, it's like Method Man, Red Man, right? That's, but that's what I'm saying. If you're breaking them down, I think Old Dirty Bastard plays the role that Andre 3000 does, where he brings a vibe. You should never put ODB and Andre 3000 in the same sentence when it comes to lyricism. Ever. What do you mean? How does that even, how does that even, how could you even say I, that? I don't see Old Dirty Bastard as being much of a lyricist. 
That's what I'm saying. And uh, Andre 3000 is. I don't think he is. What? I don't think. He How? Is. Maybe he's better, but I don't think what? he's along in that oh like in that God. conversation. I of, like, am the just tops. appalled right now. Forget about the world and what we're going through. The fact that you can utter the words that Andre 3000 is not a lyricist. No. What? He's not. Listen. He the, is, the guy drops one. It just he just he drops, is the boosted. one verse on people's albums, and it makes mm-hmm. the album platinum. But that doesn't make it great lyrics. It's he is the Bootsy Collins of rap. You're familiar with Bootsy Collins? Yeah, I'm. I don't know That's, what to say to this. He is, and I love Bootsy Collins. Okay, but Bootsy Collins is not out here being compared to John Lennon for the words he's writing. He's bringing a vibe. He's bringing coolness. And that's a talent in and of itself, but it's not the talent of rapping. You know who Anderson Pack is? Yeah. I don't like Awful Anderson. rapper. I don't like Anderson Great Pack. Great musician. I don't like Anderson Pack at all. You don't like his music at all? I don't. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I don't like Not him. even musically, like his I'm drumming not, or I, I think that he does fine. It's just not something that I that I like. Right? How do you feel about that Mac Miller thing you did? Him and Mac Miller on the song Damn. Uh, Which is mainly him just doing the chorus, but it's more Anderson Pack as the percussionist. I can't speak to that right okay, now. Okay, we'll play it after this is done. <laughs> okay, good. But Andre 3000 had a verse on an Anderson Pack song, and I automatically wanted to listen to it, and I thought it was epic. DJ Noah, what about Drake? Incorrect. Drake is definitely not in this conversation. No. Drake is doing Disney. Uh, Disney shows. But he can be fun. Like, you can enjoy it. Listen, Drake is all about, like, in the club, like, stuff that makes uh, people do things. Right? What about Eminem? Ralph, my uncle Ralph says Snoop, Beck, and Eminem. Who's, are we talking about the same Beck? Beck? Like, from Deborah? <laughs> this might be a, a prank. <laughs> Wait, no, but, no, but Eminem is a good question. Oh, Eminem is my top all-time. Oh, get the fuck out of here. He's definitely as, not the as top all-time. As a rapper, time. as a rapper. If the t- if we're evaluating like just stringing words together, for me, top all-time. Tell me, yes. tell me that Eminem lyrically is better than MF Doom. Yes. Absolutely not. But it's MF, not even close. MF Doom is good. He's, he's amazing. He's, he's incredible. He's incredible. So here's here's why I would say no. Okay. Okay, the reason I would say no is that MF Doom is like the geeks rapper. Yes. In the sense Agreed. That, in the sense that MF Doom is very cool because you get to hear him experimenting. Sure. I think Eminem goes through all of that same process. I but think he arrives at I a th- better finished product. Listen, I think Eminem is more relatable than MF Doom. I think Eminem talks about things that everyone understands. But I'm not concerned with the content. But of course we are. No, I'm con- I'm saying as a if if the talent is an understanding of like the rhyme schemes and the stringing words together and how clever you are with that. We found our podcast. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's why I'm drawing a distinction between Eminem with Eminem and MF Doom. MF Doom is saying nonsense the whole time. It's not nonsense. Ninety percent of the time, it's nonsense. It's not. It's nonsense. him. It's him fucking around, which is great. I love listening to that. Okay, but he's. He's experimenting with the craft of writing rap. Okay. And then he's putting that out as a final... A, MF a Doom product. is my number one rapper of MF all time. MF Doom is the Grateful Dead of rap. In the sense that, That's like... That's not a bad you comparison. Ki- you kind of feel like you're listening to a jam session. 
where he's just kind of riffing and like seeing what sticks, and that's super cool. Uh, sure. I mean, I to me, MF Doom is my number one rapper of all time. Sure. Yeah. I think lyrically, there's not many people that can fuck with him. I put Eminem in my top three. Tupac and Biggie are in the top ten, but they're on the tail end of it. Right. I think they're maybe the most significant, but they're not the most talented. Well, the thing is, is that we didn't have much sample size, right? But also, like, where do you put Guru? Where do you put Gangstar? Uh, Guru, I do not put Guru uh, very high up on the on the rapping. However, as a favorite thing to listen to, super high. Guru's Jazzmatazz album. Oh, it's one of the best of all Crazy. times. But it's not because the rapping is so good. It's because the groove is so good. I think I think Gangstar at its peak was if Gangstar were to drop today would be the best hip hop group in the world today. Actually, sounds like someone I would like to befriend. Says Deandra. Uh, me too. So Fantastic Nerido, <laughs> who does not speak Spanish, by the way, to my knowledge, he just decided this was a cool name, which is part of why I like him. Okay. Uh, part of the interesting thing with him is that he had been a musician for a long time, okay. but then was in a car accident that fucked up his wrists and his fingers. So his whole style for the last a lot of time is built around the fact that he can't play his guitar with like the full range of finger motion. Right. So it's like it out of necessity he developed like this very raw, soulful thing that didn't require a lot of like whatever guitarists do with their fingers. I think MF Doom is number one. Eric B and Rakim are number two. Eminem is number three. That's what I'm saying. That's interesting. Why? Okay, how about how about this? How about like a relatively relatively new? I'm gonna I'm gonna say No, but Jay listen, relatively new, I feel like J. Cole, Kendrick, and Nipsey. I like that you Can you let me know how to pronounce Arian? <laughs> This is a good topic. <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about this. No, listen. Let me explain to you. If if we are to pronounce it properly, it is Ariete. Yes. The reason why I don't pronounce it that way is because it sounds like a Daddy Yankee song. Okay. Right. Right. It sounds so bad. I don't want that in my life. I have enough of that shit already. I don't want it. That's why. This is that's a why. Terrible that's reason. no. That's not a terrible reason. Imagine if you had to live with that as your everyday. Ariete? No, 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 no. With that. Listening, Ariete, hey, hey, Ariete. No, we don't no. want, nobody wants that. Uh, uh, listen, it's your restaurant, you do what you want. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware, I'm aware. But I will say, I whenever I can, when I feel like I'm not going to confuse people, I say Ariete. That's fine, me too. But when, but when people ask me, I say Ariete. All right. Because, here's you know. A, okay, here's a bigger question. All right. And I, I, I. I want all nine of the people here. This is, all nine. This is, we're breaking news here. I'd yeah. like to also say that this week when I called David Chang out, he did not respond. We're getting a lot of hearts. I don't think we've ever gotten this many hearts That's, at one time. Deandra's probably been drinking with her uh, fried chicken. Ooh, baby. All those bubbles. The bubbles <laughs> yeah. have come into play. Bubbles are coming into play. So, okay. I don't know that you 
or anybody in your company has ever addressed this question directly. And it's something that's been on my mind for a long time. You ready for this? Not really, but go on. Why is there an accent over the E in Nave? Oh, man. This was such a big conversation before we open. <laughs> this is... It's actually in the wrong place. It, it shouldn't be anywhere. No, it should be. According it should to be what over language? The Italian. I don't think there's an accent. I have an Italian on staff. Don't tell me and which way. there's an accent way. over the A in Italian? Over the V. It's over the wrong place, but it looks better over the E. Hold I'm on. sorry. Hold on. So Nave. it's not even supposed to be over a vowel? I, I'm not Italian, Nick. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. I just know that it was brought to me as a possibility, and I agreed with it, and I liked it. Now, it makes more sense visually over the E. That's it. I agree. I, I like, but I like the visual. I just don't think it has to be spelled with an accent when it's just like in text. I like the idea of a little boat rudder in the logo. You're not going to get that. A boat rudder in the lo- that's logo? That's what it is. It's not a boat rudder. That's it's not, not a boat rudder. That's not why it's shaped the way it's shaped? No, it's not a boat rudder. We're not going to put a boat rudder in there. We might as well put fucking hanging sharks from the fucking ceiling if that's what we're going to do. So why is the accent shaped the way it's shaped? I don't fucking know. I actually got to look now. <laughs> That's exactly why. If you ask whoever designed that logo, I promise you they'll tell you because it's a boat theme. The guy's in Canada. I'd have a long... I don't know. Fucking Canada. Listen, Canada's great, man. I'm wearing a Joe Beef shirt. (laughs) Shout out out to Joe Beef. Oh, fuck that guy. Really? Fuck you. Yeah. I don't know anything about Joe Beef. No, he's great. But, you know, like when I I met him for the third time when I was there, he was very like, you know, there's a thing, right? You're famous. I get it. You're very dismissive of people that like you. Just go fuck yourself. Like, I wasn't there to be a fanboy. I was just being like, hey, we met a couple years ago. He's just being a fucking prick about it. I don't know. That's just my thing. Okay. That's where I'm at. Like, I don't, like, you know, you're some fucking schmuck that likes to cook for a living. Like, I'm not trying to make it bigger than it is. Hey, we met a couple years ago. Yeah. Whatever. All right. I was following you on Instagram, and you were fangirling out a little bit. No, Joe, because the food was amazing. Okay. But Pete de Cochon was better. Okay. More my stees. Oh, more your stees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. We ate duck in a can. We ate beef tongue with jus. We ate maple syrup like 17 ways, foie gras four ways in the same meal. It's more my stees. Okay. I just like that you said stees. What's wrong with that? It's just the first time I've heard you say that, and it's not a word that I thought I was going to hear you say. Why? Don't put me in a box. What you dare put me in a box? You can't contain me. You can't contain me. I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> well, I was already. I'm this guy. If it says somebody's a prick, under shut up. Because he said Steve. Because Steve's with an accent. Oh, oh. I, can I tell you something? I've never met him. He's the best. And I love that he sent Steve's with two accent marks. Yeah. AKA boat rudders. <laughs> uh. This I, is the most absurd podcast we've ever recorded. If if we were to cut this and just send it out to the world, no one would listen. That's probably what we'll do. Perfect. Nobody's advertising on this one, so I'm accountable to no one here. Santo Sangria by Nick and Man- By Nick Man- <laughs> Now I make it? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, okay, let's, let's shift in the direction. By the way, questions are welcome here, too, aside from rap things. Um, but... Uh, so let's let's shift back a little bit. We're gonna uh, shift. We're gonna so we're gonna veer left. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about in previous episodes was uh, your adventures in takeout, which you've had a little more time for since the last time we recorded. You know you, what I can't fucking stand? Wow. 
I really, I, I got it only because I'm uh, halfway inebriated. There is an editor of a large publication here in Miami. Okay. That on that person's oh, Twitter feed yeah. likes to talk about how bad restaurants are at takeout and delivery. Uh, just to confirm, we're deliberately not saying this person's name. I'd like to say out loud to whoever wants to listen, and I don't give a fuck. This feels like I'm going to have to confirm with you tomorrow. We have 10 people listening here. We have 22 people that listen to the podcast when we do publish. Yeah. We are completely changing from what we do on a daily basis. So the fact that you need to wait for your food, I am very sorry. But if you want to sit there on your Twitter feed and talk about how bad we all do... At takeout and delivery. I have to stop you. We're, we're about to be cut off because Instagram, we're going to come right back on Instagram Live. So come yeah. back to us in 10 There's seconds. There's nine people. I know, but those nine, nine can come back. Those the, nine who can cares? Come back. It's nine people. They'll come back. Deandra, De- everybody. What I'd like to say is to that person that wants to talk about how bad restaurants are doing at takeout and delivery, realize that our entire function has changed from serving people and being good at service to now putting it into a box and making sure that you get it at a certain time. So before you sit there and you want to talk about how bad we all are at doing it, think about the fact that we have changed our complete fucking business model to cater to what people need so that we can survive. And we're deliberately not saying who this was. I just want to make sure. I'm just, all I'm saying is, is that at this point, it is, be- listen, uh, <laughs> listen, there's, Mike, Mike, wait, no, listen, 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 listen. Mike from Sweet Melody just recently posted that somebody gave him a one-star review on Yelp. Okay. During this time. I have things to say about this. Go on. Okay. Huh? Two things. Go on. I will follow your lead in not naming this person by name. However, I will say that if you are the editor of a food publication. Uh, Ollie Fowler. Go uh, on. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, was in line at a particular establishment and was complaining because she'd been in line for 20 or 25 minutes. So this was not like, I've been waiting forever. Who knows if there was just one problematic customer at the front of the line? That can happen anywhere. Then you need to better articulate that because at the end of the day, you represent a major publication. Oh, you Let me finish. You represent a major publication that people listen to. For some fucking reason. So when people tune into your Twitter feed, they're going to think about how fucked up Miami's takeout and delivery is when we're just pivoting from what we do on a daily fucking basis. And I want to point out, somebody saying the devil's advocate, DJ Noah, has said, I'm not being devil's advocate. I'm saying it's extra ridiculous because it was only 20 or 25 minutes. Uh, I'd like to point out that we did not finish this. No, but we will. I will. I don't know about you. You're going to finish. Yeah. Uh, However, I will say that you and I probably depart a little bit on the question of- I'm shocked. Whether people should be open to the idea of a negative Yelp review because I don't buy the idea that consumers shouldn't be able and benefit from 
telling each other where the best and the worst experiences Get are. the fuck no, out of here. Some- Explain to me, like, okay, so you're telling me if there was a cigar Yelp uh-huh. that everyone has the same knowledge about cigars that you do? That's not the question. No, it is because when you open up that forum to everyone in the entire world to say that they know exactly what X should be or how this is or how it's supposed to be at the end of the day, I look at Nick as someone that I go to for cigar knowledge. Yeah, but Right? So is that a blanket statement for everyone? No, of course You not. come to me for food knowledge because I am a food professional. At yes. that point, you and I should be astronauts and go to the fucking moon. No, but, that, but okay. It's not the same. It is it's, the same. No, it's not the same. It it's is not, the same. It's, it's, I understand that not every Yelper is a food authority. However, Yelp is not built, as far as I understand, for food expertise. It's built for consumers offering each other their experiences Uh in a way that that sort of mimics natural word of mouth. When a friend tells you, I had a bad experience with this mechanic, if that person is not himself a mechanic, you don't say, well, I'm going to disregard what this person I trust has to say. Uh You take that into account. You might still come to a different conclusion, but I think there is value. I, I don't buy, and we've talked about this about. But hold on, about about the restaurant industry in general. In my, in my estimation, having an, ex, an an inflated sense of its own homogeneity, even <coughs> in a pandemic, some restaurants it is possible, it is within the realm of possibility that a restaurant would do a shitty job. How now, dare you stand now, in line? Now, maybe it's. It's understandable that they would do a shitty job. Maybe because of the hurdles they have to jump over, it's I can empathize with that. However, if they're still figuring it out, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to benefit from other fellow consumers helping me figure out where to put my money. Because at the end of the day, these are all businesses. They're not charities. And I'm trying to put my money where I'm getting the most value. I'm not trying to help you. Because you're my friend, I'm trying to help you. But if there's a restaurant I don't know, Hole in the Wall, which is across the street from me, I don't know them. I don't care about helping them. I want, if they send me a shitty sandwich, I'll think twice about buying another sandwich from them. Uh huh. Does Yelp sell ads? Okay. Okay. So, I, I mean, how are we giving people a platform in order to say, to give their advice when they are not an expert? And also, at the same time, we are selling ads. So if at that point, at that point, we can say, listen, Ariette, complete shit. I went there. I stood outside for 10 minutes. Nobody talked to me. I didn't eat any food. One star. Ariette pays $1,000 for an ad. Here's an ad. There's an ad for Ariette, and it's all good. Okay, so I'll say. Not the same thing. I think, let's take Ariette as an example. Because on. On, on this very podcast, we have heard you reference a number of negative Yelp reviews. However... First of all, I don't read Yelp reviews, oh so I don't God. know if they're negative or not. I know, but people bring you the negative ones and you read them then. Even when you have a negative Yelp review, the consumer comes to Yelp and sees, you know, this person had a bad thing to say, but enough other people had enough good things to say. Sure. That on net... And I'm, I'm coming from a different place than you because other than this microphone shit... I'm a consumer. I'm not in the restaurant business. Yes. And as a consumer, Correct. I'll tell you how, how this one consumer behaves. 
I'll see a negative Yelp review, but if it's out of step with a 4.7 star Nick, average Yelp rating. you are an intelligent person. I'm sorry. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, there's, there needs to be a way to funnel out these people. Listen, I, I, I understand how, from a business owner's perspective, Yelp reviews at a difficult time that don't account for the difficult time and that come from a place of, like, ignorance on a lot of the things that you're facing would be frustrating. Sure. I, I get that. Sure. At the same time, like with so much of the other things that we're talking about right now, I think that has to be balanced out with the fact that there is still a reason for consumers to want to be able to communicate with each other. And I don't know that there is a better platform than Yelp for doing that. And the fact of the matter is that like, you are coming from a restaurant group that is very good at its job. Not I hope e- so. not everybody is good at their job, and that's true in and outside of a pandemic. And coming from, for example, my perspective, right, like where, right now, like I am among the crowd that does not have an income. Yes. If you're other argu- than ads, if anyone would like to place no, an my income comes podcast. in the form of alcohol right now. <laughs> okay. Thanks to Salsera Chef. Yeah. Uh, and Santo Sangria. Uh, Number one sangria on the market. The, if it's not from Spain, it's not sangria. <laughs> uh, but listen, I mean, but a, as a consumer, like put yourself in my, I, I, I can put myself in your shoes and think, you have no idea how complicated this is. How can you give me a one star review when I'm going through this shit, right? Put yourself in my shoes. Uh-huh. I'm a consumer with no income. And sometimes I can't get out and do groceries or they're out of shit. Sure. And you're the restaurant owner telling me, no, man, don't listen to these people like, who are giving you maybe some advice about where to put the little money you have. Like That's significant. I understand. I, I totally understand the fact that people right now I, – I do say – let me rephrase. I think right now our job is more important than ever. And to be good at your job is more important than ever. Yeah. Because people's dollars are being spent harder than ever. Does that make sense? Yes. So what I don't think is that we should pollute the world with negativity. 100%. And I I think that there is a portion of Yelp that allows that. Because, like I said before, you, Nick Jimenez, Mm -hmm. are an authority to me when it comes to cigars. So I come to you for information and knowledge about cigars, right? Now, people that don't know the gravity of in which what we're dealing with, they could look at it in a different light. Now, I think there should be a a way to filter out shitty reviews that don't have substance. I don't disagree with that. Right. Like, like if it's an obviously no, I, just like I, nonsense I, review. I, I do I do think that everyone should have a voice, right? But I think if it's like I waited in line, it took too long, so I gave them one star and then they walked away, then that should be filtered out because then you didn't try the product. You know what I'm saying? Like there needs to be a way there's the checks and balances for everything, right? So okay. If we yeah. sucked at our job and we said, Hey, look, your food is gonna be ready at twelve fifteen. And it was ready at 12.45. Then, yes, we fucked up. And we will accept that. Right? Right. Yeah. Um, 
if there is not like if there is not that expectation at this point right now because everyone is working through a situation that we don't know, then you know you just kind of go with it, dude. It's what it is. So I, I I totally understand that. I think just a thing to consider is that Yelp also behaves differently as a platform than a lot of other social media platforms that people might share this kind of experience on. So let's contrast it with, let's say, Twitter, right? Where on Twitter uh, or on Facebook. You know why I love Twitter? It's like fair game for Twitter's everyone. awful. It's Twitter's, the best. Twitter's the worst. It is like for me. Oh, everything on the internet, Twitter oh, is the worst man, place. I love, I hate Instagram. I hate Facebook. Twitter is where I go for just fun. I love it. No. I love that people like, you know, like Matt Hinckley. God, I love you, Matt, wherever you are. His pineapple. I can't wait to meet this guy. His all. Oh, when you meet him, this is going to be, this will be a 12-hour Panko podcast episode. Because I will not say a does word. Does he listen to this podcast? I don't know if he I does. If he does, it, that's amazing. If he doesn't, I wouldn't be shocked. But Matt is like one of the most incredible people I've ever met. He's just so like. He's amazing. Okay. I feel like when you two link up, I'm not going to say a word. It's going to be a 12-hour episode. People are going to listen. <laughs> and maybe the world will be fixed after. I don't know. But it's just uh, he's, he's the best. So the, the, okay. the contrast that I was going to draw between all these other platforms and Yelp is that on Yelp, when there is a review or feedback that ludicrous, that it, is, that it, it warrants being called out. Uh-huh. You can respond, and you always know when somebody leaves feedback on, whereas on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, you don't necessarily know all the things people are saying about you because they may not be tagging you. But if people are leaving reviews on your Yelp page, it at least affords you the opportunity to engage with them in a public way and offer an explanation or a clarification or whatever it might be. To that public review. Does that make sense? Yes. So I'm not saying that everyone on Yelp behaves well. But I am saying that Yelp is your I best always, bet at being I, able to... Like, I always go back to this one instance. There's two instances with Yelp that forever will infuriate me. Is one of them the one that we have already talked about in the podcast? Yes. One, which, with by the, the way, I want to have a cartoon made. With the guy? With the, the guy who was trying to roll a joint. I was trying to roll the At joint. Taurus? Oh, no. That was a good one, but that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, I actually went on Upwork and tried to get a quote for somebody to make a cartoon. No, why would you do that? I, I can do that. You can make a cartoon? Yeah, I have people that can do that. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Um, <laughs> um, no, it, it, it goes back to that the, the first few days of Chugs and that guy talking shit about my grandmother's beans. And then oh, yeah. it goes back to that eight top sitting on the patio of Ariette and then buying happy hour drinks at Taurus and then being mad that I told them to leave because they were taking up a table of 10. And then they said their bill was like 500 bucks and their bill was $85 for a table of 10. Wow. And then they give us a one-star review and then I couldn't get it taken off. There's Alan. Isn't he amazing? Yeah. So anyways, shameless plugs. Shameless plugs. Plug yourself. I'm going to unplug one thing. Okay. Time Out Linya will never be again. Really? We have decided okay. to walk away from the Time Out market. Um, 
as great as they are as a company, we feel like it is not a good fit for us. And with the climate in which we are living, we do not think that is something on the other end of this that it will be sustainable for us. So we walked away. We're actually walking into another concept in which we will talk about at another later sure. date. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a sad uh, goodbye, but I, I wish them nothing but the best. And shameless plugs, Ariette and Nave are doing amazing takeout and delivery stuff. We deliver our own food, so we keep that 30% that Uber Eats likes to take from us. And uh, <coughs> Chugs has an amazing grocery section, which will now be available for delivery starting on uh, Monday of next week, which I don't know what the date is. I'm sure we'll put it on the description of this episode. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just uh, that's really uh, the whole thing of what we got. What are you doing? You're going back on live? We're going back on live because I want to plug a thing real quick okay. to the two people who might find us while we're live. So, uh Apologies to everyone who was on here a moment ago before Mike exercised some weird veto power I didn't realize he had. It's my show. <laughs> it's my show. My names are on the sticker. Uh, uh, but I want to let everybody know, go check out Carluba's Instagram live. C- oh, Carluba. C-A-R- that is the Instagram. I got to go. Curfew is there. I got to get out. C-A-R-L-U-B-A, Carluba on Instagram live. Uh, we are Pancom Podcast on all the things. I Honestly, it's only because of these Rosa Blancas that I'm live at all right now. Uh, I got it. This is out of control. We have zero people. Zero on right people. Now. This is out. Of, this is wild. Uh, You're out of your mind. Look at this. This is all yours. Give me that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can find uh, Pancom Podcast on all the things at Pancom Podcast, um, and then check out Carluba. Also, check out. Also, can, I'm just gonna say. If you're looking for Instagram live entertainment, check out past guest of the podcast, Victoria Collado. She is It's Vicky Ling, I-T-S, V-I-T-C-K-Y. What a wonderful Whoa, that's not how you spell it. What I-T-S-V-I-C-K-Y-L-I-N. She and the, uh, uh, one of the stars of the Amparo Experience, Bertha Leal. Do a regular Instagram live show. They drink wine and do silly shit. And you should go check them out every Friday. Okay, goodbye. Thank you. I'm out of here. This has gone totally off the rails.